Curb your enthusiasm. Erector spina plane block. Because it is easy, is not a good reason to do it. By Vishal Upal, MBBS, FRCA, EDRA, Assistant Professor and Director of Regional Anesthesia Fellowship Program, Department of Anesthesia, Pain Management, and Perioperative Medicine, Dalhousie University, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, and Vivian Ip, MBCHB, MRCP, FRCA, Clinical Associate Professor, University of Alberta Hospital, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, Associate Editor of ASRA News. Since the erector spina plane, ESP block, was first described for the treatment of thoracic neuropathic pain by Ferrero and others in 2016, more than 200 articles have been published about the procedure. Most are positive case studies or case series reporting its analgesic efficacy for clinical indications ranging from tension headache to transfemoral knee amputation. This is reminiscent of the enthusiasm that initially existed with the introduction of the transversus abdominis plane TAP block. The TAP block emerged amid a plethora of encouraging case reports and case series. However, after randomized controlled trials, RCTs, and systematic reviews were conducted, its efficacy was found to be moderate at best. Based on clinical experience and medical literature reports, clinical indications remain for the provision of TAP, but the widespread application has certainly diminished. The advantage of most, albeit not all, interfascial plane blocks is their superficial nature, which makes them a popular option for patients who are coagulopathic or those with a high chance of requiring post-operative anticoagulation. Therefore, they can be offered as a rescue when the gold standard, epidural analgesia, cannot be used. In those scenarios, an interfascial plane block may be somewhat superior in terms of analgesic efficacy than no regional technique. One such example would be for an obese individual with a history of pulmonary embolism on anticoagulant therapy who presents with multiple rib fractures and respiratory compromise. In this situation, the patient could be offered an ESP as part of a multimodal analgesic regimen that aims to reduce opioid doses as well as oxygen requirements and intensive care unit admission. Providers may have a false sense of security that interfascial plane blocks are safer than potential alternative procedures, but bowel puncture, rectus sheath hematoma, and pneumothorax have all been described in TAP, rectus sheath, and ESP blocks respectively. The risks of associated adverse events tend to be underreported. Nonetheless, ESP blocks may be useful in certain situations in the era of minimally invasive surgery. Laparoscopic bowel surgery may be less painful than open laparotomy. Therefore, when analyzing the risk-benefit ratio, the risk of performing an epidural may outweigh the benefit of its superior analgesic effect. Despite the possible risks with ESP blocks, they are likely less detrimental when compared to potentially catastrophic neurologic side effects from an epidural. Perhaps there is such a thing as minimally invasive regional anesthesia. However, any novel intervention should be rigorously tested for efficacy 
prior to widespread application and adoption into clinical practice. Diminished risks of adverse outcomes or complications are not a good indication for use of novel techniques as an alternative to more time-tested interventions. In the setting of limited efficacy evidence, clinicians should question whether an intervention is necessary at all. Considering that each intervention is associated with some risk and economic impact. In the case of ESP blocks, the cost may be in the form of valuable operating or block room time, staffing, equipment, and follow up. ESP blocks are still an invasive procedure. The gold standard for testing the efficacy of an intervention is a well conducted randomized controlled trial. Randomized controlled trials are challenging to conduct with ever increasing regulatory requirements necessitating abundant personnel resources and funding. Further, ethical considerations are associated with randomization if patients might be randomized to placebo. However, a clinical equipoise should justify those efforts. Unfortunately, the scientific community sometimes gets carried away and accepts weaker levels of evidence, such as cadaver studies, case reports, and observational studies, when randomized controlled trials are possible and justified. Cadaver studies can provide proof of concept, case reports are associated with high publication bias, and observational studies suffer from confounding issues. A literature search of key databases, Medline, Embase, and Cochrane Central for ESP Block in July 2019 yielded 526 citations. Most were cadaver studies, case reports, and case series. However, we identified 16 randomized controlled trials investigating ESP Block published in the past five years. The randomized controlled trials were fairly heterogeneous in terms of surgical population, ESP technique, dose, and type of local anesthetic used, and the comparator. Table 1 shows the randomized controlled trials' key findings. To summarize the randomized controlled trials' findings, the ESP block has been compared with either no block or another fascial plane block, such as a pectoralis nerve, PEX block. Serratus plane block, subcostal tap block, or quadratus lumborum block for postoperative analgesia following various surgical procedures. All of the studies used a single injection technique. Most of the randomized controlled trials were single centered, had a small sample size, and had an uncertain or high risk of bias. As with all new techniques, the possibility of publication bias cannot be ruled out. Studies with positive findings are more likely to be published and are likely to be published earlier than the studies with negative findings. When interpreting results, it is important to focus on patient centered outcomes. Although a reduction in pain and opioid related adverse effects are important outcomes from a patient perspective, reduction in short term opioid use is a surrogate and should not be considered less important. Smaller studies either tend to poorly report opioid related adverse effects or are not powered to detect a difference between the groups for that outcome. In search of analgesic efficacy, ESP blocks appear to provide marginal analgesic benefit when compared to no block. The results of comparison of ESP block to other fascial plane blocks 
were somewhat mixed. Some studies favored ESP block, others showed no difference, and one study favored pectoralis nerve block. The efficacy data in comparison to epidural or paravertebral analgesia were lacking. Recently, an interesting concept regarding an ESP block's ability to affect the integrity and support of the spine has been proposed. Researchers suggested that large volumes of local anesthetic might spread across six to eight spinal levels, induce paraspinal muscle and interspinous ligament relaxation, and increase the risk of significant spinal instability. Following a thorough evaluation of all the available literature, we recommend caution prior to offering an ESP block as an alternative for pain management when well-established and highly effective techniques such as epidural analgesia or paravertebral blocks are available. The limited documented efficacy of fascial plane blocks should be considered and disclosed to patients if a planned surgical procedure is known to be associated with moderate to severe pain. Furthermore, some of the fascial plane blocks, like pectoralis nerve block, serratus plane, and subcostal tap blocks, are more conveniently performed with a patient in a supine position following the induction of general anesthesia, whereas ESP requires access to the back, for example, lateral or sitting position. You win some, you lose some appears to be very true in ESP block efficacy, especially when comparing ESP to traditional modes of analgesia with a better presence in the published literature. Patient preference and planned surgical approach are crucial to maximize the potential benefits of ESP blocks. Patients scheduled to undergo minimally invasive surgeries expected to produce minimal post-operative pain or patients interested in receiving an ESP as a last resort rescue block may still benefit from an ESP block. Multimodal analgesic regimens are still required with ESP blocks in most case reports or case series and may represent the etiology for reported block efficacy. The mechanism of action of ESP blocks remains unknown and the uncertainty extends to the pharmacodynamics of deposited local anesthetics. Could the marginal analgesic of ESP blocks be simply related to systemic absorption of local anesthetic? Therefore, caution is advised when determining the dosage of local anesthetic, especially for patients at elevated risk for the development of local anesthetic systemic toxicity. For example, patients with hepatic failure low cardiac output. As clinicians, we like to practice evidence-based medicine. We urge pain physicians to stop before the block and evaluate the risk-benefit ratio prior to performing an ESP block. Is less risk a justifiable reason to perform a block if it has little evidence of benefit? Just because it is easy to do is not a good reason to do it.